I wonder what you might draw if I gave you a piece of paper and asked you this morning to draw God. When I was about 12 or 13, my RE teacher asked us to do just that. I think she was short of activities for us to do towards the end of term. So I decided on something that would keep us quiet for a little while. She gave us a blank piece of paper and said, draw God. As you can perhaps imagine, there were more than a few pictures of old bearded men lounging on clouds, as well as a few other eclectic images that the class managed to come up with. It was just a task given on a whim, but the memory has stayed with me because as time has gone on, I've become more and more convinced that the image we have of God matters. If, as many people do, we imagine God to be a harsh authoritarian ruler or a distant but generally gentle grandparent, then this impacts the way we live our lives, our choices, our actions, our faith. So I wonder this morning, how can we cultivate a healthy understanding of who God is? And what does it mean to live a life of faith today? In our gospel reading this morning, Jesus provides his disciples with two quite familiar pictures of what God is like. The first is of a father. He tells them, do not be afraid, for it is your father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. The second is that of a master, a lord, whose servants are waiting up for him to return. But this master, when he returns to find his servants ready, is the one who brings them into the dining room and serves them instead of the other way around. Jesus shows us this also through his life and death, the one who came to serve rather than to be served himself and to give his life for us. These aren't images of a distant God who's uninterested in us or an authoritarian God who subjects us to deprivation or punishment in order to toughen us up. And yet, so often, we can allow our understanding of God to become twisted. A tragic event happens in our lives or we see the sheer injustice of a world full of conflict natural disasters. We find ourselves asking, is God punishing us? Does he want us to suffer? Does he even care about us at all? Even if we've been churchgoers for a long time, for our whole lives even, we can find ourselves so easily in crises of faith. In this morning's Old Testament reading, Abraham, whose name later becomes Abraham, is at a crisis point, doubting God's promises, in need of reassurance. 
He's left his old life behind, including a place in his father's house and his ancestors' religion, in order to follow a new God, Yahweh, who has spoken to him and promised him a new life, a new home, and a new family. And yet, the destination still seems a long way off. And in the moment, the challenges ahead seem insurmountable to Abraham. So God offers him reassurance and renews his promises with him. Abraham, God says, look towards heaven and count the stars if you can. So shall your descendants be. And we're told that Abraham chose to believe and to step onwards in his journey of faith in spite of the challenges. The author of the book of Hebrews draws on Abraham's story in order to teach us about the nature of faith. For them, Abraham is a defining person of faith for us. Someone who kept on going by faith, no matter the barriers he faced. And they write that faith is about two things, really. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, And the conviction of things not seen. Put another way. Faith is about believing God's promises. And the gift of seeing things from his perspective. When we understand that God is actually truly good. Then we can believe that ultimately he has only the best for us and for his world. And when we can see through God's eyes, with his kingdom vision, we can let go of where we are now in order to journey onwards towards the incredible plans that God has for us. We can live now in the light of the eternity to come. It's Martin Luther King Jr., who's credited with saying this, faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. Faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. And in those crisis points in our lives, we face a choice to believe God's promises To believe he really does have our backs. Or to attempt to seize control of what's around us for ourselves. Something which is ultimately impossible. Insecurity breeds insecurity. And we end up stressed, uptight and anxious. Checking our email inbox every 30 seconds. Fearful of what might appear next. And we also have the choice whether to trust God's vision or to follow our own. If we live to our own vision, we end up short-sighted, only able to see our little corner of God's great and spacious kingdom, only willing to invest in the bits that concern us rather than the common good of all. So I wonder... This morning, are we willing 
to once again step forwards in faith. To receive the gift of peace as we allow the weight of our own problems to be lifted off of us and onto God's shoulders. And the joy of being invited to be served by him at his table. And are we ready to ask God to grant us the gift of seeing things from his perspective? To be inspired with a vision of God's dream for our lives, for our world, for our ministry area and our church. To let go of the old in order to embrace the new. To work for peace, justice and inclusion of all. To live our lives now in the light of eternity. As I close, the American theologian Reinhold Niebuhr's famous prayer of serenity comes to mind. It will probably be familiar to you. God, grant me the peace to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. So... As we come to the Lord's table this morning, may we come with renewed faith in his promises and asking to see things from his perspective, trusting that we are his beloved children and it is his pleasure to give us the kingdom. Amen.